Hello and welcome to another episode of Brothers Creed Podcast, where we inspire fathers to teach values that become the blueprint for the next generation. We're the Thomas Brothers. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared. And today on the episode, we're going to be talking about the attribute of civility. Uh, I think that in many ways, we have society has lost the art of being civil. Um, all you have to do is just jump on Twitter for about five minutes and you'll see somebody fighting. Uh, and so I, th- I think this is a critical virtue that is important to instill uh, within our children and also to model in our lives. And so we're going to talk about this one today, share some stories, and then how, uh, like we typically do, how we can model this for our children, how we can provide opportunities for them to uh, be civil and learn civility. And then we'll end with some, uh, some of our favorite quotes about civility. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. All right, let's do it. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave close of day. You should be a monster, an absolute monster, and then you should learn how to control it. No retreat, no surrender. You can't conceive of what I'm capable of. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. What we do in life, that goes in eternity. All right, civility. Uh, this one's kind of interesting. Um, as, as I was going through and uh, do my research on this one, it was actually kind of interesting because I really was getting kind of tolerance vibes a little bit. Remember the episode we did on tolerance? Yeah, yeah. Um, and just being, you know, tolerant of others and, you know, kind of sim- similar to be- being civil with other people, uh, even people respecting their right yeah, to people that might have their own opinion differences. Right. For sure. Yeah. So civility refers to the act of showing politeness, respect and courtesy in one's behavior and interactions with others. So maybe someone that has differing opinions or, you know, I think I kind of I think the opposite of being civil is like being savage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just a wild card and, and only in it for themselves, maybe. Yeah. I think being civil. The one of the definitions I found that I liked was it said that it was treating others with dignity, courtesy, respect, politeness, and consideration. Uh, it said speaking in tones of a voice that are appropriate for the circumstances. So, like if you're if you're in a corporate setting and you're having a disagreement with someone, yelling is oftentimes not appropriate. That's not being civil. Um, maybe if you're at a football game and you're having a, a joking disagreement with somebody or you're whatever and you're yelling, hey, yeah, you know, like something back and forth, that might be considered still civil, but it's in a different environment. And then it goes on to say, being respectful of others' rights to express their views, even if you disagree. I think that's the core of civility. And I also think that's the core of what it is to be an American. How can we have the First Amendment rights if we don't truly believe that people can express whatever their opinions are? And if we can't live in a society where we can respect each other's opinions and we can be civil about hearing those and disagreeing about those, then we the whole the whole thing is going to collapse, right? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, a sentence here that I really liked was, it is the fundamental aspect of fostering positive social interactions and maintaining a harmonious and respectful community or society. 
So I thought it was really interesting, you know, harmonious and respectful community and society. Which I think that's what we all want, right? You want to have peace with your neighbors. You want to be able to trust those around you. You want to be able to um, you know, be civil with each other. Even, you know, even if you're, I don't know, neighbors even if you're throw, throwing their dog's crap over the fence into your yard. Yeah. I don't know. That would make me, that would make me go savage. I would start off civil. I'd be like, hey. You probably don't. You're probably not. You might not be oh, aware of this. Hey, you forgot this. But this, you forgot these. It seems like these things made it onto my yard. So let's resolve this civilly first, before I unleash the savage. But hey, gonna give you an opportunity first, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna throw all of the human waste from my family <laughs> over the over the fence into your yard. Brutal, dude. Like, <laughs> it's crazy how many people with dogs do that, man. They just there's a place in the neighborhood. It's like a little wooded area, and it's like in one of the trees, there's been like hanging, someone like put their dog crap in a little baggie, and they threw it into the tree. Well, they just throw it into the woods thinking, oh, it's just going to go away, and, and then the leaves fall gets, off. baggie gets caught on the tree, and, and the leaves like fall off, and it's been there for like three years. And I'm like, this jerk, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder how many diapers, uh, baby diapers you see in the woods like that. Not a lot. I actually haven't seen any like that. <laughs> nope. So that's um, interesting. Yeah. So you know, we can civilly disagree that uh, someone, a girl at one, uh, work, once said, "Oh yeah, I have a dog. I have two dogs. It's just like having kids." I was like, you know what? I'm gonna politely disagree with you. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> walk away. Slowly walk away. <laughs> um, I got a meeting right now. I gotta jump on. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I I got into it a little bit and got into um, some of the the benefits of being civil, and then I actually got into some of maybe taking civility too far, as well. Oh okay. So civil, can you, can civil you, disobedience. Well, so no, Henry no, David no, 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 no. Can you be too civil? Okay. Yeah, right? I think so. Um, so some of the benefits of being civil, I think these are, uh, are civility in and of itself. Um, it can improve relationships, which I think is important uh, and enhances communication, fosters a positive environment. Uh, it enhances your workplace environment. Obviously, if you have a hostile work environment or it's just, you know, creativity is stifled in a situation like that. Uh, or an environment like that. So enhances enhances the workplace environment. It helps to assist in conflict resolution. If people are like, yeah, okay, you know, I can understand your opinion. I might not agree, but I understand what you mean about this specific topic. Not my cup of tea, but, you know, I believe this and this and this. And yep. if the other person can say, huh, that's interesting. I don't quite believe that, but interesting, you know, Okay, shake hands, move on. Um, next is uh, positive mental health. I think it can make people feel it's kind of you know positivity in the air. It, it it makes it so people don't feel like they're being you know verbally assaulted or you know, people just like to feel good. It can. This one was an interesting one. Elevate your reputation. You know, if yeah. someone is constantly, oh, man, that guy's a jerk, you know, he's so argumentative all the time. He's always got to be right. He's always got to be, 
you know, correcting people or in your face or he's always he's so hostile all the time. That's completely different than somebody who's very civil. Be like, man, he's a great guy. I might not think the same as him, but he's awesome. He He's awesome to talk to. He's great to be around. He's just very civil. So I think it can elevate your, your reputation. And then we had mentioned this before, but just social harmony. It just makes everything better, right? You don't have people speeding through the neighborhood, getting out trying to fight you, and they're driving <laughs> yeah. 60 miles an hour through the neighborhood. Yeah, we talked about that last episode. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like if we don't have a, if we don't live in a civil society, then we live in like an animalistic society, right? And it's like, oh, you've wronged me in any way. Before I try to understand what you're coming from, I'm gonna just slaughter your whole family, you know, or or your whole tribe, or whatever. And and that has happened, you know. That's, there have been civilizations that have gone back and forth like that, where they don't have diplomats, where they don't have any civility involved with uh, anything. Uh, and so, in fact, I think that in some ways they've tried to civilize war, right, with the Geneva Convention. And you can't do this, and you can't shoot someone with that, and you can't do this, can't use mustard gas, but yet we can use it on American citizens when we pump it into the Waco facility. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, or when you're shooting it at us, uh, tear gas. <laughs> yeah. Is it shooting it at rioters? Yeah, Or exactly. protesters? Yeah. Um. But I, I found a cool story about this, and it's exactly what you were talking about is like this level of civility when we can disagree, uh, when people that disagree heavily come together and, and they can overcome that. Now, this is a story I hadn't really heard before. Uh, in the ni- early 1960s, there, during the height of the civil rights movement uh, in the United States, there was a guy named C.P. Ellis, and there was a, a gal named Ann Atwater. And they found themselves in opposing sides uh, for a, uh, of the battle of school desegregation in Durham, North Carolina. And C.P. Ellis was the exalted Cyclops of the local Ku Klux Klan chapter. So I don't know what the exalted Cyclops, <laughs> huh? I don't know what okay. uh, what the actual like tears. Uh, I thought there was a grandmaster. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't agree with practices, but I mean that's kind of. That's kind of a, a cool nomenclature, but okay. imagine how those guys came up with the titles. You know, it's like, how about Exalted Cyclops? It's like, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want Let's that do one. That. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so Ann Atwater was a very passionate uh, African American lady. She was a civil rights activist, and the tensions were very high between these two in the community, and they were very divided, and and. In an unexpected turn of events, uh, there was determined that they wanted to have like an organize a charrette, uh, which is kind of like a coming together and disputing things uh, or kind of hearing each other out. So it was facilitated by a guy named Bill Riddick, not related to the Chronicles of Riddick guy. Uh, And in the community where they basically wanted to resolve, resolve the conflict. So C.P. Ellis, who was the Grand Cyclops, came together with this uh, civil rights activist, Ann Atwater, and who was uh, to co- they were to co-chair the meeting, and it kind of um, forced them both on the same ground. And despite their initial animosity towards each other, with just like, my, my organization represents this, and hers represents this, they actually gradually became, uh, they saw each other as human beings and individuals, as opposed to just the enemy right 
And they found shared concerns about poverty, about the struggles faced by the working class families. Uh, and then over the course of that uh, event, uh, the Charette, uh, their animosity transformed into mutual respect. So actually, later in his life, C.P. Ellis eventually renounced his uh, clan membership, which I assume he also renounced his title of Exalted Cyclops. That was probably harder to give up. But anyway, eventually he gave up being a clan member, and, and him and uh, Anne Atwater became a good... They kind of had this relationship over their lifetimes, promoting racial harmony. There's actually a book written about it called The Best of Enemies by Osa, Osha Gray Davidson. So it's a powerful testament of, of how civility and having that being open-minded, even just being able to have an open civil discussion with someone can really change someone's mind. And so I like the theme of that story. Uh, maybe some of the details were uh, invented uh, there, especially the... Hallucinated by ChatGPT. Yeah, but the, the gist of the story is confirmed, and so I, I like that aspect of it. And uh, yeah, I thought that was a cool example. Yeah, I think that's awesome. The One of the examples that I thought of immediately when I thought of civility was a, a wartime story that we've actually talked about on the podcast several years ago. I think you shared this during a Christmas episode. And um, this is the, the Christmas truce of 1914. So in World War One, dur- during World War One. So this occurred on the Western Front in 1914 during during World War One, where the soldiers soldiers from the German and the Allied forces were uh, in trenches that were across from each other. They had been exchanging fire and fighting pretty heavily uh, leading up to Christmas. So this is the story of the unofficial ceasefire during Christmas and the civility that these two groups of of soldiers showed to each other. So on Christmas Eve, soldiers from both sides began after the firing stopped uh, the day before Christmas. They began to sing Christmas carols and they were close enough to the other trench. I'm guessing maybe... 100 yards, maybe less. I don't know exactly how far it was, but close enough to be able to hear the other trench singing. And so they ended up singing Christmas songs in English, and then the Germans would sing Christmas songs in German. A lot of them were the same Christmas songs. Um, So eventually, some of these men got brave enough to venture out into no man's land which is the land between the two the two trenches where they eventually came together they exchanged gifts they played soccer they talked they played music they sang they enjoyed each other's company in some instances soldiers who were you know literally aiming rifles at each other, what, six hours ago, were trading handshakes and memorabilia. Cigarettes and And rations and and food and everything else. Cakes and stuff. Um, I actually saw, to go along with this story, so 
the truce represented really kind of just a remarkable moment of civility within a, a horrible time for these men. Uh, I saw a TikTok the other day, and maybe I'll repost it, but it was a guy who he collects old books. Did you see that same one? Yeah, I did. I and he, uh, he he bought this Bible, an old family Bible, on in an auction, and it was you know from the I don't know it was a historical family Bible. I don't know how old it was, but it was old. And as he was thumbing through it, he actually found a letter from World War One that was from one of the American soldiers that was at this event, and. Um, he wrote home and said, you know, the food was not good, but the company was great. And he said, don't worry about me being sad on Christmas because this was the best Christmas I've ever had. Hmm. And it was just this moment of civility because I'm sure these men knew that, you know, we're going to go back to our trenches and then tomorrow we're going to be shooting each other again. And I'm sure they hated that. Um, and that's unfortunate, but, to me, it's like some sometimes it's it's good to be able to put put away your differences, and um, you know if not for 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 those or I'm sure there were some people some men in the trenches that didn't go out, and they were they were just like no I'm not going to go with those yeah Yanks at, at that at that point they weren't Nazis uh, yeah, right no they were just uh, they were just Germans they weren't Krauts yet either. no no so. <laughs> <coughs> um, I think it, it was uh, uh, just a great example for me. It kind of stuck in my head whenever I thought civility. I always like stories of stories of war and history, and I thought, man, I got to share that story. Yeah, that's a good story. Uh, I think that uh, talking about civility, bringing it home uh, to where we how we, can we teach our kids this, right? So uh, one of the questions we always want to talk about is how do we foster this, or what's the environment in which we can foster this? And when we talk about civility, it's important to teach your kids how to have a civil discourse back and forth. Um, I think for many for many years, the, the, the kind of prevailing thought was, well, parents shouldn't argue in front of their kids, right? But I think that in some ways, it's okay to have a disagreement in front of your kids because, I mean, depending on the disagreement, right? But it's they need to be able to see and modeled how to disagree civilly with somebody. We're having a disagreement. Honey, I think we should, uh, you know, go to, uh, you know, Texas Roadhouse tonight. And she's like, I don't like the rolls. And I'm like, but the rolls are good. <laughs> and she's and like, kids eat free on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. How about we go to Texas Roadhouse? You don't have to eat the rolls. I'll get you whatever you want. And the kids eat free. So that's actually a pretty good deal. Okay, well, that sounds, that, that, that does, I didn't know the kids ate free. That does sound like a good deal. Let's do that. So, like, being able to have a civil discourse, disagree, weigh the options, and, and come to a conclusion is something that, that children need to see. And sometimes us as adults, we're like, go away while I argue with your mother. <laughs> so <laughs> that sometimes might be called for. But sometimes it's okay for the kids to, for us to intentionally model these things and also to model it with the kids to say, Hey, like, what do you think? Where should we go for dinner? What about this? What about that? You know, consider your brothers. What do they think? Or your sisters? What, what, are, what are their opinions? What are their thoughts? Let's weigh it out. 
just trying to get the kids to civilly agree on a on a show to to watch. That's that's the battle that I'm fighting right now. It's like, hey, why don't you guys agree with a show, or else that you will have no show, and then so they can quietly agree on a show because it's better to watch something that you kind of like than a whole lot of nothing that you don't like. It just turns into like a Lord of the Flies thing where it's yeah. just the person with the remote chooses and then, yeah. Yeah, the person with the longest arm usually gets the remote, <laughs> which is usually the oldest. So anyway, these are opportunities to teach civility, and I, I like that uh, the showcasing of civil civil discourse and disagreements between parents uh, and also courage, encouraging debate. Yeah, I I agree with that. Sometimes I think the best place for civility to shine is in confrontation because people can be nice to each other if everything's just, you know, peaches and ice cream. But whenever it gets to, like, raisins and dog poop, I don't like raisins. But, yeah, so it, it, it could get nasty, and I think that's really where true civility is tested. So I had uh, some some things that what can happen if you take civility too far? And this kind of goes in opposition to some of the things that I said at the beginning, the benefits of civility, not opposition, but uh, too much of a good thing is a bad thing to a certain extent. So some of the things that would happen if you take civility too far as as it would cause you to avoid necessary confrontations. Uh, There are some confrontations that are needed. Sometimes you need to address issues to overcome problems. Uh, You know, brushing everything under the rug all the time is, is not always the answer, especially if it's like your wife or your loved one or something like that, that someone you're going to see every single day for the rest of your life. Sometimes being civil and just, oh, you know, whatever that lives, that leads to, you know, eventually serving papers. Sometimes you need to sit down. Well, I, I don't. Well, well, you can, you go ahead. Well, as you say, there's a threshold here, yeah. right? But I think you should have the difficult discussions. Don't let civility not cause you to have difficult discussions. Well, I don't think civility means not having difficult discussions. It just means not getting wild, buck wild during that conversation. You can tell someone, I cannot continue living with the way that you are acting. We need to, this needs to be adjusted. You can say something yeah. very clearly, very calmly, very civilly. It's like the way that our relationship is working. Like You said, you know, if someone was having a hard time in their marriage, you said, the way that our relationship is working right now cannot continue. And I want to fix that. That is very straightforward. It's very pointed, but yeah, it's said in a civil way. Yeah, I do agree that there is a civil way to address confrontation. Yeah, I think maybe it may be, and and maybe leading into like the marriage, maybe that's too close of a of a relationship. I don't know. I just I think that there's a possibility of someone trying to be too civil, and it just leads to them just not talking about stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I think that maybe that's like... Or brushing stuff under the rug, maybe. Yeah, I think that that's likely maybe just... I don't know if that would be civ- civility. Maybe that would be like a different attribute of just like letting just letting things fester, letting things fester. But like the civility of things, 
Like, I wouldn't say that that necessarily hinders you bringing anything up. It's how you do it, right? It's either you're either civil about it or you're savage about it. That's the way that you approach the conversation. Now, whether you approach the conversation or not, I feel like that's a different attribute altogether. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all related. I think somebody can try to be, you know, you think of like some of these, uh, I think like in the Victorian era, right? Mm -hmm. You think of these uh, these Victorian women, right? They go to these big balls and stuff, and then they're like, oh, they're trying to be so proper and so civil and everything else, but really mm -hmm. they're just backstabbing, conniving, want to kill each other. Um, mm -hmm. but they're trying to be, they're trying to show that, oh, I'm, I'm proper and I'm civil and I'm whatever else. And, and I guess that's kind of how I felt of it is, is it can be civility can be a mask for, okay. for, and that's why I said it kind of felt like it related to tolerance a lot. Okay. Well, yeah, I can understand how that you might have that interpretation. The way that I view uh, civility is just like a, a, an approach. So the delivery, the delivery of whatever message you're giving. So you, if you're masking and you're trying to hide who you really are, uh, I think that's kind of a being disingenuous or, or whatever. But I wouldn't, I, I personally wouldn't catalog that as like civility. Uh, I would say that that's uh, you got a whole set, different set of issues going on. But you're being polite about it. And you're being like nice on the surface, uh, even though you're a, a doll on the inside. But I, I would I think that the way that I think about civility and maybe it going too far is if someone is gonna like, if someone in the middle of the night comes to my house and they starts pounding on the door, they saying, and they start pounding on the door, pounding on the door. I come down at like three in the morning. I'm like, put my Glock right at the the <laughs> the people, <laughs> and I say, well, who is it? <laughs> you know can I help you or, you know, whatever. And they're like, Oh, I need help. What do you need help with? Oh, just let me in. You know, uh, can't do that. Uh, so the civility started with civility. What's going on. Can I help you? Uh, let me in. Can't do that. Uh, and then if he's, you know, let me in, that's where I'm no longer going to be civil. Cause I've already st I started with civility. Civility wasn't working. Now I'm switching over to savage. Or like, if you don't get off my front porch right now, I'll, if I'll let you in, but you're gonna be on a pool on the floor. You're gonna be crawling you're in. You're gonna be crawling in in about ten seconds, and so, or I'm gonna be dragging you in so that <laughs> the police, <laughs> <laughs> so that my uh, your castle so was in my castle, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, I think that that is where the switch happens. So if I, so in a case where you say, well, you can take civility too far. Some people do take civility too far. Oh well, you know. Come on in, you know. I'm just going to be so so nice. That's exactly what I'm saying, though. Well, well, that's that's. I th I feel like they, or, or maybe like they're not willing to have those hard discussions. They're not willing to say no, 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 because they're trying to be too polite. Uh, maybe, yeah, I see what you're saying. Or maybe, maybe, I, I guess what I was saying earlier, maybe it's like, hey, no, I don't want you to come in. You no, don't stop, don't come <laughs> in, and then it's like they come in. And you never really escalate to the next level. Well, I feel like at some point, someone can escalate past you, them being civil, especially when you're, li your life is in danger, you're in, uh, in danger of being harmed, to where you're like, okay, we're no longer being civil. I'm taking you to the ground. Yeah. But if you never got past that civility, if you took civility too far, right? Because you, you're kind of talking about a threshold, right? When it gets to the point of 
I no longer want to be civil. Now I need to be savage. Mm-hmm. What if you never got to that savage point? What if this civility just continued? Yeah, well, then you're like, like I can't. No, Im- I can't imagine that. You're like, no, please, sir, don't come in the door. Oh, sir, please exit the door. Exit the b- exit my house. <laughs> and you're like, you know, yeah, yeah. That, I so, can see that maybe. And I, 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 lo- I love this. It's two different kind of interpretations of civility. Yeah. Uh, a couple more of these are fear of expressing your opinions. Uh, another one can be enabling uh, bad behavior. If someone is just super civil and another person is not and maybe not, ex- you know, kind of someone banging on the door. Right. Can you be too civil and you're just you're enabling this bad behavior or, you know, maybe a family member. Maybe this family member is just taking advantage of you over and over and over and over again. And you're you're like, oh, well, you know, and they're like, hey, will you co-sign this loan for me? <laughs> and you're like, you're like, oh, it's on my uh, yeah. my new souped up truck, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and he's like, oh well, you know, I, I I've I've had such a hard time in life, and blah 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 blah, and then I need this. Yeah, I need this so bad, you know. <laughs> if I was if I if I took civility too far, then it'd be like, oh, you know, he really has had a bad shake, you know, and and oh, I'm gonna go ahead and do it, right? Other than saying, no, Jack, yeah, well, get lost, right? So it's it, 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 it could be dangerous. So those are just a couple a couple points. There was a couple more that that are very similar to that, um, but yeah, don't don't let don't, don't be a pushover. Yeah, know when to turn from civil to savage. Yeah, exactly. And like there are two different approaches. I think any situation you should always approach with. Well, maybe not any situation. Ninety nine percent of situations approach it in a civil manner, uh, and then if it needs escalating, escalate it. I mean, if I saw someone at a park you know, hit my kid or hit my wife, I'd come in very hot and heavy. Yeah. What is the kid at uh, <laughs> in Major Pain when he he, uh, <laughs> he shoots into the closet and he goes, if he in there, he ain't happy. Yeah, but the kid goes, he eliminated the monster in the closet with extreme prejudice or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So let's see. Uh, so one of the things we do is we share a quote uh, on... On civility. Do you have a quote on civility you'd like to I share? I do. I actually got two quotes on civility. Well, just read one, and then I I'll went, read mine. I went you've above, a, one. above and beyond. So uh, the first one is from uh, our, our good old boy Socrates. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Socrates. <laughs> so this kind of goes back to what I had originally talked about uh, reputation at the beginning. Um, this is kind of a... Um, you know, an, an, an ancient quote that talks about how civility is related to your reputation and how you purport yourself and conduct yourself. So it says, regard your good name as the richest jewel you can possibly be possessed of. So, yeah, you know, regard who you are, your name as the most important possession that you have. And when you go... Uh, when you go out in public, right, whenever you are around others, how are you conducting yourself? Are you conducting yourself in a civil manner? Uh, Are you doing things correctly and respectfully? And I'll add, when the time comes, are you able to flip the switch and become a savage and maybe push civility to the side to a certain extent? Yeah. Right? 
maybe you don't need to fire. Maybe you don't need to empty the mag. Oh no, you always you always <laughs> empty the mag. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, a couple recent court cases would disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's important about your personal brand is what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, building your personal brand, being someone who's civil, bring someone who is, you know, you can disagree with this person. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a powerful thing, especially when you're talking about your kids, you know, to where they say, hey, uh, dad, I, I have this question or I disagree with this with this point. Uh, and I think that there is some al- there should be some allowance for disagreements within the home. Uh, obviously, I think that the parents have the final say because obviously they're older and their brains are fully formed uh, in most cases. Uh, but at least uh, there should be. The home is where is the proving grounds to where discussion, uh, discor- uh, discussion between uh, ideas about debating things starts to happen, uh, and then and the kids will learn that in a healthy environment. So totally agree with that one. So so mine here is by a, a guy named uh, John F. Kennedy. Uh, okay. Yeah. So he he is one of those guys that does not like convertibles. Um, <laughs> too soon. I, I think I can understand. Too soon. Uh, so he said, and he was. He, if you think about it, he was in a very, very uh, stressful time in the world. You know, with the increasing re- space race. You know, with the Russians, uh, and then I think that some of this that tension uh, got him killed a- a- in the end, and so. Well, I mean, was this kind of the communist era too? Like uh, it wasn't quite as bad as when Reagan was uh, was there, uh, but it was starting to build. I mean, remember he, remember the moonshot speech yep. was one that he gave. So we were in a we had to head battle with those guys. This was during the sixties, and so that was sixty nine when he gave that speech, the moonshot speech. Well, actually, no, I think it was earlier than that. Sixty nine is when we actually went to the moon because mm-hmm. he said we we're going to go to the moon before the supposedly. end of the decade. Supposedly, and it was the sixties. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly went to the moon. Um, so he said, let us begin anew, remembering on both sides that civility is not a sign of weakness and sincerity is sincerity is always subject to proof. Let us never negotiate out of fear, but let us never fear to negotiate. Let both sides explore what problems unite us instead of belaboring those problems which divide us. I like this because of that last piece he talked about he said let us think about the pieces and the ideas that unite us and not just the ones that divide us i think that this year is going to be a year where we're going to have to have civility in our lives and and that the reason why i chose this one specifically is because i think that there's a great opportunity for us as americans this year as the election starts to ramp up to practice civility with opposing thoughts, with opposing uh, political ideas. Uh, you know, your kids are going to start coming home and saying, hey, neighbor is voting for X or Y or Z, and why don't we vote for this guy? Or, you know, I like my neighbor. He's such a cool person. Why don't we vote for that person? And it's important to be civil about, well, you 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 can't be like, oh, that kid's an idiot. His parents are idiots. I can't even believe they're still alive on this block, you know. It's like we have to be civil and 
respect others' opinions and say, hey, you know, people have different opinions. People have different reasons why they vote for different people. We're voting for this person because of these reasons. But also, I mean, basically any candidate you vote for, there's probably reasons that you don't like, right? So maybe show those too. These are some of the reasons why I don't like. Those are probably some of the reasons why this other person's not voting for them, you know? And so I think this year, 2024, is a great opportunity to practice civility, to model it in the home, especially because our kids are going to be coming home with all kinds of questions or all kinds of things and saying like, what about this person? Why, what is this? Who, who's Joe Biden? You know, what's, who's, what's Trump? What's this other guy? What are these people doing? What, you know, what should I believe? What, where should I be oriented here? And we need to teach them how to have civil conversations so they don't go to school and say like, Hey, my dad says he's voting for this person and you are less than for voting for someone else. That's not, that's not how we roll. That's not uh, that's not how we do things. And that's not civil at all. So I think that's a great example of how to teach civility to to our children, for sure. Uh, I think any any fathers out there, uh, you know, educate your children on what you believe your truths are or the truth that to, to that, that you have seen and you through your experiences and everything else. Um Maybe you're not a dog family, right? But it's okay to be civil with people that say that their dogs are their pets. I mean, are there are there kids for are there for, for babies. babies, right? Or are, are there for for grandchildren? You know, it, it is what it is, and you know we can smile and nod sometimes, and that's all it takes. Uh, instead of you know being confrontational and, and non civil, but this has been. An excellent episode. I think civility in the different ways we have explained it and talked through it, um, whether, you know, wherever you fall on the spectrum of civility and whatever you feel is necessary for the situation that you are specifically in, I think it's, it is up to each person to de- define what their threshold for civility is in, in, in each situation. Um, but, being able to develop that skill, knowing how you're going to handle yourself, and at least you know telling yourself this is how we conduct ourselves, um, is going to be a, a definitely a tool that will help you in your life, also the lives of your children and the next generation. Um, so we're glad you came. Thank you for joining us, and we invite you to apply this in your life, and let's build that creed together. Let's do it.